In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be a good citizen? In the ancient world, a citizen was a man who belonged to a particular city, such as the city of Rome. Being a Roman citizen entailed particular privileges and obligations. Some of these would be quite familiar to us. Privileges such as the right to property, the right to participate in civil government, and such obligations as taxes, of course, and in time of war, military service. The fundamental meaning of citizenship, however, was religious. Chief among all privileges and obligations was the right and duty of a citizen to participate in the religious rites peculiar to his city. A good Roman citizen would participate in his city's peculiar devotion to the war god, Mars. For it was by Mars that Rhea Silvia, a vestal virgin descended from Trojan Aeneas, conceived and bore Romulus, the founder of Rome. Thus, the Romans, more so than the citizens of other cities, honored this god and his divine offspring with sacrifices, feastal banquets, and athletic competitions. The city itself was made sacred by the presence of the god's temple in which the god's image was set. And the citizen shared in his city's devotion. To be a Roman citizen was to claim a share in a particular religious observance and a particular sacred history. And much the same was true, in other ways, of other cities about the ancient Mediterranean. And as Rome grew from a hilltop village to the queen of the world, her roster of gods expanded from a few dimly remembered and exiled Greek gods varnished with Latin names and a few rough country deities from the Etruscan hills to include the sophisticated Egyptian gods and all of their rites, already at that time thousands of years old. On the imperial frontiers, gods with harsh Gothic names and the magic rituals of Persian Mithras found adherence among Rome's legionnaires. Only the thonic and bloody rites of Tanit, Baal, and Moloch, the Sumerian gods exalted in Carthage, found no place in Rome's religious observance. Still at heart, Rome was the city of Mars, and it was under the war god's blessing that Terminus, the god of boundaries, was templed from the Persian frontiers to Africa, to Britain, and Gaul. Whether drawn to the magic of Mithras or the curious mysteries of Bacchus, a citizen's first loyalty was to the gods and rites of the holy city. Rome, even if that meant merely burning incense before the emperor's image on occasion. A good citizen worships the gods of his city. Today in our gospel, Jesus gives us a remarkably similar account of citizenship. The Pharisees have, true to form, thought up a really good question, one that's really going to stump the Lord. Is it okay to pay tribute to Caesar? Is it lawful? By asking if it is lawful, they mean, can a son of Israel, whose holy city is Jerusalem and whose God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, pay taxes to a pagan conqueror whose gods are not our God? Jesus asks to be shown the coin used in payment and asks whose image is on the coin. Well, Caesar's, of course. Then give to Caesar, says Jesus, the things that are Caesar's, and to God 
the things that are God's. And the evangelist tells us the Pharisees marveled at our Lord's words. Now, why do they marvel? That doesn't seem so extraordinary. It may be easy for us to miss the importance of what Jesus has done in this passage, especially for us Americans who have a very secularist notion of citizenship. Thus, we might take Jesus' saying, render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God's, to mean that Caesar and God both have legitimate claims on different parts of our lives. Give the state your political allegiance, but give God your spiritual allegiance. Now, to an extent, that's true, because Jesus is not a rebel, and he is not leading a rebellion, and he would have us to pay our taxes, accept election results, and pray for the end to abortion. If the Pharisees were hoping he would answer this question by saying that a true son of Israel should accept no political authority but that which clearly conforms to God's law, they were mistaken. And yet, Jesus does not tell us that Caesar and God have equal claims on different parts of our lives. For we cannot serve, nor do we have, two masters. Instead, let's look at Jesus' reasoning. This coin has Caesar's image on it. Very well, it's Caesar's. Give it back to him. But give to God... What is God's? That is, give to God that which has God's image. That is, give to God all that we have, ourselves. When St. Paul tells the Philippians that their citizenship is in heaven, he is not instructing them to place their ultimate loyalty in some remote spiritual dream, but rather places our entire social existence, to use a phrase from Father Austin Farrer, in the company of heaven in our bodily relationship to Jesus Christ, in the fact that we are joined to him and will share in his resurrection. We ourselves bear the image of the Savior and so can only consider ourselves citizens of the city of God. So what is it to be a good citizen? Citizenship is not merely legal, but it is a cultic or religious status. A Christian citizen man or woman of any earthly city, worships the God of the heavenly city. As citizens of the city of God, we Christians know our bounden duty and service to lift up our hearts to God and offer him the sacrifice of praise, to keep the festival of our city. But we worship no merely local God, and we do not worship to gain some merely temporal good. We worship the God who made heaven and earth, and set mankind in the midst of his vast created order as an image in a temple. We worship in gratitude that by the incarnation of the word and by the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Father has renewed us and will give us the eternal good of beholding him in his infinite beauty, face to face. Beloved, what we are doing right now at the altar is the most holy work a human can do. We are offering to God a spotless sacrifice and perfect worship, the body and blood of our Savior, who gave himself for us and united us to him that we might be saved from sin and purified from idolatry. And we are doing this in union with the whole city, all the citizens, with the holy archangels Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and Uriel, 
with Mary, the Blessed Virgin, and Saints Joseph, Peter, and Paul, patriarchs, prophets, martyrs, apostles, evangelists, all the company of saints and angels who stand before God's throne day and night and cry out, Holy, holy, holy. So come, let us worship him and offer to God those things that are God's. <laughs>